Seducers draw you in by the focused, individualized attention they pay to you. Anti-seducers are the opposite. Insecure, self-absorbed, and unable to grasp the psychology of another person, they literally repel. Anti-seducers have no self-awareness and never realize when they are pestering, imposing, and talking too much. They lack the subtlety to create the promise of pleasure or profit in dealing with the anti-seducer. Welcome back to Femininity After Dark. I am your host, Keandria Belwoos, and tonight we will discuss what you shouldn't do when seducing someone, the anti-seducer. Tonight is going to be really fun because I have some hilarious stories from my personal life, personal experiences. I think it's going to be really fun for all of us to share. Also, I would love to hear your funny stories. Have you met an anti-seducer, someone who is so cringe that you just couldn't stand to be around them? I would love to hear your stories. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Femininity After Dark. Let's get into it. Oh, and by the way, we have reached the season finale. Yes. So season three, we're going to talk about how to seduce in detail step-by-step instructions it's going to be absolutely amazing and i can't wait to share all of the juicy details with all of you there are several types of anti-seducers but they all share one thing in common insecurity Now, we all have things about ourselves that we don't like. They aren't our favorite parts of ourselves. We all have some insecurities. But the anti-seducer is so consumed by these insecurities that they they can't disguise them. They can't hide them from the world. And it's like it just oozes out of their being (laughs) have you ever been around somebody who just can't stop talking about how much they hate themselves how they hate the world somebody who overdoes the self-deprecating humor it is so uncomfortable to be around and even if you thought this is a cool person. I like this person. They seem kind. They're a good person. After a while, you don't want to be around that because they are literally a repellent. The way that we feel about ourselves, our inner talk is going to affect how people interact with us day to day. If you are constantly feeling like shit, If you're constantly feeling like, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not handsome enough, I'm not smart enough, that's going to be reflected in the way that people react to you and treat you. And so it's really important that we work on our self-confidence, our self-esteem, our self-concept, if we're going to be excellent 
seducers because one of the most anti-seductive things in the world is to be around somebody who can't stop complaining, to be around somebody who always has an issue with someone else or an issue with themselves. And it's okay to have insecurities. Like I said, we all have them, but don't let it consume you. Don't let that pour out of you. Don't wear that on your sleeve. Make sure that you find a way to fake it till you make it. And I know that that sounds really cliche and some people don't agree with fake it till you make it, but I I do. I live by it. Those days where you wake up and you don't feel confident in who you are, you don't feel like you look your best or like you're able to present yourself in the best way, you really just have to psych yourself out. Like you have to find a way to convince yourself and trick your brain that everything is perfect, that you are perfect. And that's really going to change how people react to you in your everyday life. Now, obviously, if we're going to seduce people, it's very important that they react to us in a positive way. That's the entire point, right? So you want to make sure that you're going within first and really loving on yourself the best way that you can so that that radiates out into the world and people respond to you in a positive way. Another important thing to remember, the anti-seducer is more than just annoying. They are draining. A lot of them can be energy vampires. I think we've all had that friend who complains about everything. Like you wonder to yourself, do you ever have anything good happen in your life? Everything that they come to you with is, oh, this went wrong, and it's always woe is me. And it seems like they are unable to take responsibility for their decisions that led to the not-so-wanted effects. And it's just so draining. It is really, really exhausting. And the anti-seducer will drag you to the pits of hell if you allow them to. Definitely get away as soon as you realize that somebody has this attitude of, oh, the world's out to get me. Woe is me. I just have the worst luck. Stay away from those types of people. That's also one of the laws in 48 Laws of Power, written by Robert Greene as well. The anti-seducer will resent your confidence. They will be jealous of how powerful you are, and they will be passive-aggressive, and they will try to bring you down in very subtle ways. They'll say something that triggers you, or they'll try to trigger you. They'll just... They'll make a point to bring you down any chance they get. They are a poison. So I definitely encourage you to love yourself enough to distance yourself from people who have this anti-seductive attitude. Now, we're going to get into the different types 
of anti-seducers. And I'm curious to know if you've met any of these types. So as we're going through the types of seducers, I want you to be thinking about a person who has shown that quality and think about how annoying that was. Think about if you've shown that quality or you still possess that quality and how you can how you can improve upon that. The brute. One of the keys to seduction is anticipation. But brutes have no patience and are only concerned with their pleasure. Patience is something that is impressive because it shows that you're interested in the other person. And this allows you to develop an emotional connection with your target. But the brute is so quick that they aren't able to pay attention to details. They don't really care about their target and their target's interest. They are so caught up in their own wants and their own needs that they don't even consider the other person. <laughs> What's coming to mind is sex with a lot of men out here it's like and i've heard these stories from several of my female friends so it is not just me a lot of men and if you're a man listening this is what you don't want to do a lot of men pay attention to their own wants their own needs their own desires and they completely disregard that of their partner. So they skip foreplay and it's just like, okay, well, I'm all ready to go. How about you? I actually don't care. Let's get this going. Like, it's so irritating and so unfulfilling. I could talk about several exes right now, but... I won't. <laughs> but yeah, they are so consumed by their own desires that they don't even think about the next person. It's all about them. They're also really egotistical and that is incredibly offensive. Not only is being egotistical offensive, but it is a major sign of insecurity because if somebody has to convince you of how great they are, it's like, who are you trying to convince? Me or yourself? I'm not even thinking you believe those lies at this point. Also, they get really upset if you try to make them wait. It's like they feel like they can force things on you. They can force you to react to them in the way that they want you to. Instead of being calm and cool about things, they will try to force you to give them what they want, whatever that may be. Also, Robert Greene says that if you want to test test this out if you suspect that someone is a brute make them wait for something 
make them wait for something that they want and see what their response is. And if they get angry, if they get frustrated with you, they are likely a brute. <laughs> the suffocator. We have all dealt with a person who fell in love way too quickly and started smothering us. Like, every time you look around, there they are, texting you, wanting to hang out, just all up in your space without any regard for healthy boundaries. Now, the suffocator does fall in love quickly, but it's not really about you. It's not about some special thing that you have. It's about this inner void that they have, that they're trying to fill but can't. And so they latch on to people and they are extremely hard to get rid of because they will guilt trip you when you try to pull away. Now, the doormat is a subvariant of the suffocator. The doormat is an imitator and they agree with everything you say. So the suffocator or the doormat, they do not have a mind of their own. They're going to try to play up everything you have in common to the max. Like they're going to overdo it to the point where it's like you realize they're afraid to disagree with you. And they just want to be one with you. And not in the, oh, that's so cute and romantic kind of way. Now, it might seem that way at first. But when I tell you, it gets annoying fast. Have you ever had somebody texting you five, six paragraphs at a time all day, every day, and then getting upset when they feel like you're detaching from them, when you're not responding to their messages as quickly as you did before, instead of realizing, okay, maybe I'm doing a little too much. They just latch on to you even more to the point where you really do feel like you're suffocating. You really feel like this person won't let you live like they won't let you be your own person and it's it's really really disturbing I actually had someone that I was talking to a while ago and at first I thought hey you know um I'm pretty awesome this person's just like falling for me you know it's only been two dates and they're already in love with me but then I realized there is something really wrong with this person. <laughs> um, they started talking about marriage and kids and all this stuff that's supposed to be way down the line on the second date. And they just kept texting and texting and texting and they wouldn't take a hint that I was trying to like, you know, take things slower. And even me saying, hey, I want to take things slower made no difference. So get away from the suffocator as quickly as possible. 
And I will admit that when I was a teenager in the past, you know, when I was first into dating and I didn't know the ropes, I was definitely a suffocator. I was just excited to have hit puberty and finally be seen as attractive. Thank God I came out of that. That's all I have to say is thank God for that. Uh, do you know a suffocator? Have you been guilty of this in the past? Really sit down and evaluate why is the suffocator so annoying? And then you'll think, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should be a little bit cooler. Maybe I should be a little bit more laid back in my approach. You definitely want your person to come to you. You want to draw them in. You definitely don't want to chase your target because anything you chase in this world runs away. Do you remember the beginning of the season where we discovered that seduction is a form of warfare and so morals have to go out of the window? The moralizer is extremely rigid and they try to bend people to their standards. They take people on as these projects and attempt to mold them into their ideal. And in reality, this is a projection of their dissatisfaction with themselves. Have you ever been around somebody who is a know-it-all? They think they know exactly how you're supposed to live your life. They're always giving you unwarranted advice. That is the most annoying shit in the world. I hate being told what to do. I hate when somebody tries to talk to me like I'm fucking stupid and I don't know what the fuck is going on, okay? That is not seductive. A perfect example of this would be a relationship between two people, right? And one of them takes on this maternal role. Like she, well, they, doesn't really matter whether it's a man or a woman. They take on this maternal role, this weird parent thing, right? And they might be coming from a good place. It could be, I really love this person and I want the best for them. And, but that gets really annoying and really old. I actually know somebody who was in a relationship with a man. And one of the complaints that he had, why he claimed to step out on her, I mean, he was just a piece of shit, but why he claimed to step out on her all the time, he said she was too much like a mother figure because she was always telling him what to do. She was always trying to adjust what he had going on and being like, oh, maybe you should do it this way or do it that way. Excuse me. It got to a point where she was even picking out his clothes and laying them out the next day. And that is not sexy. Most people don't want to think about fucking their mom, okay? So, like, chill out on the moralizer shit. It's not seductive at all. Most people don't like 
you telling them that their way of doing things is the wrong way and you just know the perfect way to get it done. It has to be done your way. Like, cut that shit out. It's not cute. <laughs> the tightwad. If there is one thing I cannot stand in a potential partner, it is a person who is cheap. That is the most annoying shit in the world. Cheapness is a sign a person is afraid to take risks. It is the most anti-seductive trait of all. A seducer should be generous with their money and with themselves, with their energy. This is an excellent way to get people to be more receptive as long as you're not giving away too much because that comes off as desperate and like you're trying to buy love and attention. So don't, don't give everything away. But, oh my God, I have gone on some horrendous, <laughs> horrendous dates. And, well, this isn't a date, but it's coming to mind. As a lot of you may know, I was a dancer for a long time and I had this one customer who was so damn cheap. It was like pulling teeth to get this person to spend a couple hundred dollars. It was the most annoying shit in the world. And something that I also noticed about people who are cheap, they're also incredibly boring. It's like their tone is so monotonous and they only talk about shit that they're interested in. It's like they're afraid to take a risk even in a conversation. Like they're afraid to say something that might come across as stupid because they don't know as much about a subject. It's just being cheap with their energy and their money. And that is so unattractive in a person. So unattractive in a person. Like, oh my God. I want to call this person out so bad, but I won't because they might listen to this podcast <laughs> and you know that wouldn't be very that wouldn't be very kind of me but there's this one person who was just so fucking cheap like he'd be coming to see me at the club right we all know why I'm there it's a job, I'm here to make money, but he would act so confused every single time, like it wasn't, like it wasn't routine. You come in, you give me the money, and you leave. It's so easy, it's so simple. And I'm really good company, I'm really good to look at as well. So I don't really see what the problem was, but it was, it, it was a mess. Long story short, I had to end up cutting that customer off because it just wasn't worth my time and energy anymore. 
to be around somebody who would say, do you want a drink or do you want me to pay for a dance? Why can't I have both? Get your shit together. Seriously. <laughs> so if you don't want to lose your targets, definitely don't be cheap with them. Show them a good time. And things don't always have to cost thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, but it's really about the effort that you're putting in. How much energy, how much of yourself are you giving to this person? Don't be stingy. Find a balance, okay? You can make a cheap date seem like the best thing in the world if you're providing this fun time, if you have a great personality and, you know, don't come to the date looking all crazy, so they like looking at you. That's something, right? <laughs> All I'm saying is don't feel like you have to buy somebody's love, but don't be stingy either. One of the quickest and easiest ways to get your target under your spell if they need help with something, we talked about this, I can't remember which episode, but if your target needs help with something and you're able to help them, say they need help financially, they're short on a bill, don't be all cheap and be like, oh, well, I hope that works out for you. They will probably never talk to you again if they have good sense, okay? If you're able to help, invest, Invest in that person and help out and you will see major rewards and you will get that back. Just stop being so damn cheap. <laughs> the bumbler. The bumbler is extremely self-conscious to the point of making others around them feel awkward. The key weapon in seduction is boldness, and bumblers move too slowly. They're the kind of people who sit around and wait for the perfect timing. And in reality, there is no perfect timing. I wanted to talk about something. I've been thinking about divine timing a lot lately. This is something that we hear a lot in the spiritual community. People talk about divine timing, what will be, will be. And you know, I no longer believe in that. I feel like divine timing is really an excuse to not go after what you want or to procrastinate or to put your hopes and your dreams in something else's hands. And I want to take control of my own destiny. I want to take control of my own reality and create that reality, shift my reality. And I feel the most powerful when I command something into my life without thinking about whether it's the right time. I just go for it. A lot of people would consider this to be impulsive and they would see that as a negative thing. But lately, it's really been working out for me. I mean, 
this podcast is a result of impulsivity. I literally woke up one day and I was like, I want to start a podcast. I didn't think about how I was going to do it. I just kind of went for it. And ever since then, I've been taking that approach and it's really been working out for me. Now, you don't have to be that extreme with it, but I do encourage you to take more chances. If you want to do something, don't wait until you're perfect at it because you're never going to be perfect at something. Don't wait for the perfect timing because there really is no perfect timing. Even when you think, okay, now is the time, something could happen that changes everything and changes the dynamics of your situation that changes your circumstance. And so it's important as a seducer, it's important just as a person to persevere, to persist, keep going after what you want, even if it doesn't seem like everything's lined up in your favor. Just be confident that whatever happens, you can make it through and go for it. And that's an excellent, excellent approach when it comes to seduction as well. If you want someone and you want something, because seduction isn't all about romance. It's not all about love or lust. I want us to start to see seduction as more because there's endless potential for a seduction, you can seduce the whole world and become this famous leader or whatever it is you want to be. But you'll never get there if you don't actually go for it and take those risks. We were just talking about the tightwad and why they're so anti-seductive and it's because they're afraid to take risks. And... I just want us all to succeed and it was just put on my heart to share that. So yeah, definitely go after what you want. Don't wait for divine timing. You are divine and you are the one who is in charge of your timing. So just go for it. A couple announcements real quick. First, I wanted to say that I am offering business promo on this podcast. So if you or anyone you know owns a business and you want to promote on this podcast, make sure you shoot me a message or ask for more information in our Facebook group, Femininity After Dark, and I will get all of those details over to you. Also, season three, I want to add something to our episodes. To thank all of my lovely subscribers, I will be choosing one subscriber every single week, and at the beginning of each episode, they will receive a shout out. So if you are a subscriber, and I really hope you are, (laughs) 
if you are a subscriber make sure you private message me your social media handle and show me a screenshot of your subscription so you can receive your shout outs and now back to regular scheduled programming the wind bag the wind bag is the person who talks way too much and talks mostly about themselves they are extremely selfish and don't even bother arguing with them because that only fuels them resulting in never ending babble now the windbag is especially annoying for me because I am not a person who talks a whole lot. It might seem like I talk a lot because, you know, that's my job as a podcaster, but I actually do not talk very much. I love my silence. I love to just live in the moment and breathe but every now and again I come across somebody who just will not stop talking and that shit is so fucking annoying like I know some people who wake up talking does that annoy y'all like when I wake up in the morning I need a good 30 minutes minimum of silence like just don't say shit to me yet <laughs> i need time to process my dreams and just think about the day ahead i don't want to talk there are people who wake up talking that shit is crazy to me like it's annoying, but it's also kind of impressive because it's like, what the fuck? Like, how did you just, how did you just hop up talking? Like, I don't know. But definitely don't talk too much, especially talking too much about yourself while you're seducing someone. We've talked about this on several episodes. The best way to seduce somebody is to get them to talk about who they are, what their interests are. Because as soon as a person feels like you're interested in them, they automatically become more interested in you. Remember, Robert Greene says that we are narcissists and we want to be around people who are interested in us and people who are a reflection of us, people who have things in common with us. So if you're going to talk about yourself, make sure you're getting information from your target first and then if you have something that you have in common with them and you can speak on that then it's okay to talk about yourself but don't make the entire conversation about you because i promise nobody just wants to sit up there and listen to you talk about what you had for lunch and what your pet did this morning like nobody really cares that much i promise you they don't Keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it cute, and get your target to talk more about who they are. Y'all, I just realized my computer had died and I wasn't even using my microphone. So if you notice a change in quality or volume, that is why, but I am not about to go 
back and record everything over again because that's just too much. So I apologize for that. The reactor. The reactor is the person who is too sensitive. The person who is just overly emotional. And this doesn't even have to be crying all the time and being sad. People who get angry really easily and lash out at people when they pull away. People who whine and complain too often. These are all signs of being the reactor. People who can't laugh at themselves. Another interesting thing I've noticed about the reactor is they're those people who dish it out but can't take it. Like, they'll make fun of other people, but as soon as you say something about them, they're so hurt or they're so angered by it. And... Nobody wants to be around somebody who is that emotional. Like, you feel like you got to walk on eggshells. You can't be yourself. You can't say what you want to say. And me, like, I have a dark sense of humor. I have a dry sense of humor. And I like to say fucked up shit. So me and the reactor don't get along very well. Because I make fun of everything. Everything's just fucking funny to me. I laugh at, like, the darkest shit like people really be looking at me like are you fucking okay uh and so being around the reactor is not fun <laughs> it is really draining like we talked about before the anti-seducer is very draining them being insecure and being too sensitive is just too much you really never feel comfortable being yourself you never feel comfortable saying the things that you want to say and doing the things that you want to do if you are a person who is highly emotional and it happens you know if you're a passionate person but try to try to get that under control if for no other reason for the reason of not wearing your emotions on your sleeve. Don't never let nobody see that they got to you and that they were able to make you get out of character. Now, we all have our moments where we feel emotions because we are living a human experience. I'm not saying that you have to be stone. You don't have to be a brick wall, but definitely... Definitely be more strategic, definitely be more calculated in when you show your emotions and how you show those emotions. Think back to Cleopatra. We talked about her on the Siren episode. She used her emotions to her advantage. She knew that men saw women as these emotional creatures and hysterical, and she used that to her advantage. She knew how to use her sadness. She knew how to use her anger to get what she wanted. So if you are an emotional person, that's a way for you to get it under control and also use your emotions to your advantage. Manipulative, yes. Does it work? Yes. The Vulgarian. Now, the Vulgarian is that friend that you can't take nowhere because you know they're going to show their ass. The Vulgarian is impulsive. They are inappropriate and they lack attention to detail. 
a lot of the time when it comes to their appearance as well. Like that friend that don't care how they look when they're going out in public and this is no shade. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about who they are. But a big part of seduction is taking control of your personal brand. A big part of your personal brand is how you're presenting yourself to the world. What are you going outside looking like? Are you at least looking presentable? How are you speaking to people? What's your attitude like? Now, you don't got to walk around smiling and being extra friendly to anybody if that's not your personal brand that you've chosen for yourself. But you definitely want to be put together at all times. Okay, so pay attention to those details the vulgarian also says things that they shouldn't say in public this is the person that's on the phone talking all their business in the grocery store they say everything at the wrong time they are just tactless okay they're cussing up a storm in public they're saying inappropriate things it's embarrassing you do not want to be the vulgarian I mean, hey, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But it is definitely not the most seductive thing in the world. And I know I had a few people in the Facebook group that said they wanted to get into the sugar bowl. They want to attract a high value man, a man who will take care of them financially. I'm telling you right now, if you want to attract a man who's going to take care of you financially, a man who is wealthy, you are going to have to have a certain image and you cannot be the vulgarian. You can't be inappropriate. You can't be cussing up a storm. You can't be lazy in your appearance and go outside in a bonnet and pajamas. And I don't care. I don't care. I might get some hate for that. I'm not policing black women. I know, you know, our hair, sometimes protective styling, but there are cute ways to protective style. I promise you, you don't have to go outside in that bonnet. And I promise you, you can be comfortable and cute. You don't have to wear those cookie monster pajamas. Okay, so keep it cute, keep it classy, definitely know where you are, read the room, and behave accordingly. You can still be yourself, just be a different version of yourself depending on where you are and who you're around. You would not be around the President of the United States talking about fuck this and shit that and wearing a bonnet with some damn Cookie Monster pajamas. At least I hope you wouldn't do that. So use common sense, be mindful of where you are and think about what's appropriate for that setting. Symbol, the crab. In a harsh world, the crab survives by its hardened shell by the threat of its pincers and by burrowing into the sand. No one dares get too close, but the crab cannot surprise his enemy and has little mobility. His defensive strength is his supreme limitation. 
So the thing that stands out to me the most is being unable to surprise the enemy and having little mobility. If you are insecure to the point of putting it all out there for your target to see and there's no mystery, you can't really surprise your target. You can't you can't effectively seduce when you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, when you're being the moralizer, when you're being the bumbler and it's pretty obvious that you don't like yourself. So really, I would say the key here is learning to love who you are. And on those days where you're not feeling your best, definitely put on a brave face and fake it. Act like you are God's gift to the world. Because you are. You are incredibly amazing. And you don't have to prove that to anybody by being the windbag or being the brute and putting on this false air of confidence that results in you talking too much about how amazing you are. There is something to be said for a quiet confidence and not everybody is quiet in their confidence and that's okay. But you can definitely tell a difference. You can definitely tell that there's a difference between the person who is insecure and compensating for something. So definitely work on your self-love, work on self-care. I feel like everybody should do a little bit of a self-care routine every day, something bigger and more elaborate weekly definitely love on yourself because how you see yourself how you talk to yourself in your mind is going to affect how people react to you whether that's positively or negatively and you want to be able to maneuver this is warfare. You don't want your target to know everything about you because then you can't win the war. So keep that in mind. One of the biggest mistakes that you can make is not recognizing the signs of the anti-seducer right away because the sooner you can get away from the anti-seducer, the better. You do not want to stick around too long they are extremely draining and you deserve better than that here are some ways that you can use anti-seduction to your advantage if you want to get rid of an anti-seducer so the more emotional you become the more engaged an anti-seducer will assume you to be and it doesn't matter whether that emotion is so-called positive or negative, any attention is attention and it's a reaction for the anti-seducer. So you want to make sure that you are becoming more and more distant and becoming 
anti-seductive to the point that they won't want to be around you and they'll eventually forget about you. This is the best way and the easiest way to escape from the clutches of the anti-seducer because seduction is a game of attention, of slowly filling the other person's mind with your presence. So if you're distancing yourself and you're not giving them that emotional reaction, you're not giving them that attention, and you're not showing that interest, at least some of the time they will leave you alone. Now, there are some people who are just too damn bold, but this will work most of the time. Take on anti-seductive traits to get rid of an anti-seducer. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode. I am extremely excited for season three. We will finally get to the nitty gritty. How do you seduce someone step by step? It is going to be so amazing. And I look forward to sharing all of the information with you. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Share this with someone you think might be interested in the art of seduction. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Femininity After Dark. And yeah, I will see you guys. Well, I will talk to you guys (laughs) very soon. Bye-bye.